Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'd just say feeling grounded in me. Feeling grounded in my purpose, feeling grounded in the validation that I give myself. I think that's where my happiness really comes from because then it allows me to just be able to take on whatever the world throws at you or whatever surrounding you. You know, I don't think happiness is necessarily always a smile on your face and, you know, the pure ecstasy joy. I think happiness can come in many different forms. And for me, I think when I'm grounded, that's when I think I know that happiness is inside me. It's not just something that I'm getting from an external, you know, thing or material or, you know, show because happiness can come in so many different forms, right? Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Balance Podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be talking to Hayley Hasselhoff, the 28-year-old actor, model and body positive activist who's known for being one of the world's leading curve models. Hayley recently gained notoriety when she appeared on the cover of German Playboy magazine, which was the first for plus-size women. Hayley, whose dad happens to be David Hasselhoff, is currently the contributing fashion and wellbeing editor at Marie Claire UK. She's also a fashion stylist who's worked on This Morning and Good Morning America, and she's had leading acting roles, including in ABC's Huge, where she played a girl with body dysmorphia. On her latest and newest podcast, Redefine You, a conversation for wellbeing, Hayley focuses on the importance of self-acceptance. It's described as a place to feel you are never alone in your journey to becoming grounded and being unapologetically yourself. And she's already featured some stellar guests, including most recently the Hairspray star Ricky Lake, who openly talks about her own mental health journey, as well as some old A-list pals and thought leaders in mental health. So it's definitely something worth tuning into, in addition to the Balance podcast. So Hayley, it's great to talk to you. I know you're in LA and um, I'm here in sunny Brighton. So, uh, which you probably know, as you also reside in Kent some of the time. So I want to get started by stealing from a line from your show, where you ask, if you were to check in with you right now, where would you find yourself? I'd find myself calm and groovy. I know that sounds crazy, but I've been going by this term lately, calm and groovy. And I think all of my, my team and my friends are like, what is this? And it just means that, you know, I'm calm and I'm free. I'm in a, you know, a groovy to me just means I'm in a free space to explore. And this morning I woke up, I ended up walking around 
um, you know, giving myself the time available to take a walk and to grab a coffee. And I think that that for me is not something I had in my practice, which I'm now putting in my practice, because as somebody who works with the UK, normally I wake up and go straight to the phone at like 4am and I stay there until, you know, around 10. And I think I'm starting to realize that I need to find my practice and movement is something in which I promote so much on my podcast and for others. And so I'm starting to find how I can extend that, not just doing a stretch in the morning, but also just getting my body moving, getting into nature and being able to start the day on a good, clear path. That sounds brilliant. And I mean, what a lovely place to do it. Are you by the sea? Are you near, you say no? No, I'm, I mean, I'm literally in West Hollywood. I have to say I grew up in the Valley, but I've had a lot of my friends, Angelinos, everybody who's been born and raised here, you know, we're, we've all been kind of scattered around. And funny enough, even this morning on our 10 minute walk that we did, I ran into a friend of mine that I haven't seen in years and walking his dog. And I think that that's a wonderful feeling for me because I've been living between so many different countries. Now that I found sort of my spot in LA, I'm running into people I haven't seen just on walks. And as you know, in LA, not a lot of people walk, but I think the pandemic (laughs) has definitely encouraged people to get out of their houses, not use their cars so much, and just be able to see the city that you already are in. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, and you're right to start the day that way is, is such a good thing to do to give yourself some time. It's really important. I, I, I mean, I love Brighton, though. I think Brighton's beautiful. It is. Yeah. I mean, at the moment, it's a bit dark and gray, which is a bit distressing. I'd rather be, I think I'd rather have yeah. the sunshine of L.A. Today, actually, it is a bit it is a bit gloomy today. And my partner, he's British. And the first thing he said when we walked instead, I was like, oh, this is the first time you've experienced this. And he was like, really? it's kind of nice. He was like, it's kind of nice. I was like, it is kind of nice. Well, that's it. Uh, you know, it's the changing seasons is a good thing too and like yeah what else would we talk about we didn't talk about the weather here you know (laughs) I I love it though it's it's always topic of conversation it is it is but and I'll tell you another topic of conversation on the balance podcast on this series that we've been doing over the summer is about happiness and I've been asking people what happiness means to them you know how you would describe being happy not an easy question necessarily to answer but does anything spring to mind I just say feeling grounded in me feeling grounded in my purpose, feeling grounded in the validation that I give myself. I think that's where my happiness really comes from because then it allows me to just be able to take on whatever the world throws at you or whatever surrounding you. You know, I don't think happiness is necessarily always a smile on your face and, you know, the pure ecstasy joy. I think happiness can come in many different forms. And for me, I think when I'm grounded, that's when I think I know that happiness is inside me. It's not just something that I'm getting from an external, you know, thing or material or you know show because happiness can come in so many different forms right you yeah. can feel little little spurts of happiness throughout your day and your emotions can always move but when you're grounded I think that's when I know that I'm in a happy successful self-growth Haley way yeah, and I think that's what I would want my happiness to always look like rather than it being something in which is a materialistic or external thing that I know that I need to grasp towards to get that feeling. Yeah, yeah. And being grounded for you, I mean, that is that easy when you're, you're in one place and then you're in another place and you're doing lots of different things and, you know, you you kind of have a, a background and a, a story that's different to a lot of people. So how do you stay grounded? 
I mean, I would say that that it became because of that. You know, for me, I started traveling on my own at a very young age, around, I would say, like 17, 18. And for the last 10 years before, you know, pre-COVID, I was doing 10 flights a month. And so the groundedness really had to come from the routines that I installed in my daily practice, no matter where I was. And finding that home was wherever my heart was. And I know that sounds so cliche, but it was the routine of making even a hotel room that I'd stay up for two nights into my home. I would always, the first thing I would do is unpack and bring my trinkets and make myself feel good. And I think that that's really important to find, you know, because as a creative, one of the things I loved the most about traveling was working with so many different people and getting to know so many different people and different energies and understanding that, you know, we are all connected, even if we come from different backgrounds or we live in different places, especially if we all have the same goal, right? If we're all creating something together, which is such a beautiful thing. And so I think through that, I've really found ways in which to find groundedness within who I am and also just truly live in a full state of acceptance. I think that's one of my biggest things with myself is I really live in a full state of acceptance with who I am, my surroundings, and I just get on with the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, get on with the show. I like that in Hollywood. (laughs) I mean, you you know, we talked, you've talked about your background and you've talked about some of the things that that may have made you less grounded and found it harder to get on with things when you were younger. Um, I mean, you you told um, a magazine that you had social anxiety, you know, you're paralyzing at school. So can you just talk a little about that background? I mean, I'm glad to hear you've moved on from that, but obviously it, it fed where you are now. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I always say that this past two years or such that I've started speaking openly about mental health, it's finally given me the vocabulary to look back at my younger years and go, wow, that's what you were struggling with. And when you start to put a word towards something that you struggled with, you start to feel a bit freer and validated and not feel so scared of what happened, you know, or is happening. So for me, you know, when I was younger, I would just feel paralyzed to leave the house. And it wasn't necessarily that there was something that was resisting me to leave it. It was just that I had such bad anxiety and I knew that I needed to cope through creativity. So on those days I would stay home and I would paint or I would sing and I would do things that I knew were going to feed into my soul. And thankfully I had a great family who really supported that and Mm -hmm. were trying to understand with me what was going on and what was inflicting on this anxiety. Now, fast forward to, you know, this past year, I think I've in moments have also experienced social anxiety again. And instead of being resistant to the feeling, I allow myself to give myself comfort by saying that's okay. It's okay if you need to stay in. It's okay. But do something for yourself while you do stay in and find out what emotion or what is triggering this emotion inside you to make you feel this specific way. And to be honest with you, I think a lot of us are feeling a lot of social anxiety. And I think for me, because I've I've switched from going to a life where I was travel, travel, travel to now having this stability, I think I forgot in the in the the crossover that there mm-hmm. was also going to be some emotions towards that as well. The life that we've all lived and the life yeah. that we are living, a lot of us are going through that. And so for me, everything's now gone virtual, which has stuck me inside a lot more than I ever have been. And so I think it has induced a bit of social anxiety again. Mm -hmm. And 
as I'm older and a bit more aware about it and have the tools, I'm less fearful of it. But does it still feel paralyzing at points in times? Of course. And so I think that's why it's so important on the podcast that I speak about it, because for me, I want people to understand and to identify that we all go through it and that it's okay to go through it. But, you know, I want to help encourage you to find the right tools because I know that that's what I needed and what I need when I go through it now. Yeah. And I mean, you, I mean, you had some harsh experiences because of your size when you were younger as well, didn't you? And you, I mean, when you were 14, you found modeling and and did that help bring you out of it? I mean, is that one of the tools that kind of helped you? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I think as I get, I think as I get older, it's a funny, it's a funny thing. Cause when I hear the word 14, I go, wow. Like, I don't know if I'd want to get my child into modeling at 14, you know, because there is so many scary places for it. But because I was specifically a curve model, yeah, it was a very different experience for me. And for me at that period in time, media and fashion weren't speaking about size inclusivity like they are today. So I got to kind of look at this little underground world as like, oh my God, there's girls out there who are voluptuous, toned, fit, and confident. And like, I could be that too. And also I was celebrated when I was on set, you know, for my size. So I was celebrated on set for my size. Then I'd go back to school and someone may say something, you know, defining me by my size or so forth. And it kind of gave me the oomph to say, it doesn't matter what other people say. It matters what I say. And I I know that there's people out there that do find me beautiful the way that I am and I'm going to ride on that wave and that's why I think today we speak so much about the importance of size inclusivity between all because it really does make a huge impact for people to see themselves represented in the brands that they're buying or just even the magazines that they see on a newsstand Mm -hmm. and you I mean you've worked obviously you are this is some big part of who you are you've worked hard You've worked with lots of different brands. I mean, have you, have you, do you still, or do you ever experience, or can you give us examples of when things, when your size worked against you, when, you know, the, the reason why you have to kind of put yourself out there is because there is discrimination. What's your experience of that? You know, because I'm so, I'm so involved in a curved community, there's sometimes that I feel like I have blinders on because I, I see so much love and I see so much empowerment. Yeah. But when the blinders get taken off and reality sort of sits in, the first thing that always comes to my mind is there's still so much work to be done. Mm-hmm. And I thank myself and I thank the community for continuing to try and break the barrier of just trying to let people love themselves for who they are. That's really what it is. Take away the size for a second and stop having an opinion on somebody loving themselves for the way that they see themselves right here, right now. Yeah. And I would say that, you know, over the past month, there was an article that came out beautifully wrote it, written about me. I mean, substantially to hats off to media, you know, being able to celebrate somebody for their size, saying they look gorgeous in a swimsuit. And, mm-hmm. you know, the comments necessarily uh, at like, there's always good comments, there's always bad comments. And some of the comments were a, a little bit negative. And, and within that, I mean, it just took me a moment to go, it puts a fire in my soul to remind myself of the work that I do every single day and why it still needs to be done. And I think that that is an amazing point to be had because even though these people are talking in a negative way about, you know, you shouldn't be happy in your size or so forth and so forth, it still is putting an opinion about 
it in their faces and seeing a media outlet that is actually celebrating me for my size that then starts to have to change the tune in people's head to say, well, maybe actually it is. It isn't so fearful for me to see somebody of that size, loving their life, being in a swimsuit and being fearless to just enjoy rather than feeling like people define them by their size that they can't enjoy their life. Yeah, I mean, it's brilliant. And, you know, that really articulate there, really well put. And I mean, I do worry, though, I mean, I've I've thought about this before we spoke, like Adele, for example, has, you know, celebrated who she is. And as you said, put size aside, she is who she is, and is beautiful in the moment that she's in, and then she lost weight, and people gave her a hard time for it. So I mean, does it for you, does it kind of keep you, would you have to stay a certain size as that's your kind of brand? No, you know, I've had people try and say that to me of like, oh, well, you, you know, this is your brand. And I'm just like, yeah. it's not my brand. Like, you know, like my, yeah. my body's my body. We're always going to evolve and we're always going to have different periods in our lives. And, you know, health and fitness is still just as important to a plus size model as it is to the next regular person. You know, yeah. that doesn't mean that health and fitness isn't still important to me just because I'm a size 16, 18. Our yeah. bodies are just different and they hold weight differently and that's okay. And, you know, I think with Adele and, you know, people like Crystal Wren, who was the first ever, you know, plus size supermodel, she lost weight and she got stacked for it. You know, at the end of the day, it's their lives. And I think that what people forget is you need to evolve with the people that you have look up to as your idols as well evolve with them with their lives as well just as much as they want to evolve with you and be able to collaborate down the future together and I think that's the same thing with her she has every right to be able to love her body and to be able to do whatever she wants with it and if she ended up going on a health kick because that's what that's what you know fed into her during that period of her life then that's what she should be doing but you know our bodies move with us and that's okay too yeah, and I guess you'll always have people who'll have something to say that's negative. You know, when you were the cover of Playboy in Germany, you said it was empowering. So I'm interested in how it felt empowering. I'm also kind of curious of what it's like to get your clothes off in front of the camera. I mean, it's not something I've ever done. How does it feel? Do you, do you tap into your acting skills? How do you feel when you're there? You know, we shot Playboy during lockdown in Paris, was in lockdown in the UK, traveled over to Paris during lockdown. It challenged my radical acceptance because we were just juggling the dates and it was really whenever the team could shoot with COVID restrictions. And so it was really just show up, do your job, no preparation, just get in. And I would say on the day for me, we were all just so excited to be back on set. That's how I felt. I felt there was this amazing opportunity for us just to create again together and to do it with the team like Ellen Von Unworth and the Love Production and Playboy. Everybody was so beautifully respectful and they just wanted to be able to celebrate a woman's body and to do it in whatever way felt most authentic to me. You know, they really asked me what I felt comfortable with and I really was able to be involved in the creative process. So it wasn't daunting to me by any means. It was just topless, you know, but at the same time, I mean, there was one moment where I was like, okay, I'm nude. Honestly, I mean, my you know, topless, not nude, nude, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, disclaimer, my bottom bits will never be shown. <laughs> um, uh, 
but you know, I was, I was topless and beautifully so, and had a great team of women around me who were just so respectful and trying to make me feel good. And, uh, you know, had that little bubble in my head of like, Whoa, what are you doing? And then the other bubble came in of like, hell yeah, you're doing this because you're doing this for women to see that they're valued. They're wanting. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better. Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. They're seen no matter what shape and size they are. And just because you have a bigger bust doesn't mean that that should be subjectified because there are a lot of women who shoot for Vogue who are, you know, have size B cut boobs and it's just a part of art. And so why can't that be the same sort of thing when it comes to somebody who has a bigger bust as well? Yeah, absolutely. And and what sort of response have you had from, I mean, you've got a lot of followers, a lot of people who admire you. Have you had a, a positive response? People saying they felt some empowered, they felt a very, very, very positive response. And yeah. I would say a lot of responses from women t- sharing their stories about how this has now encouraged them to feel comfortable in their skin and especially just encourage them to feel validated that they are still beautiful the way that they are. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, Playboy also represents um, this idea of society's standards of beauty and all the best ways possible. And so to do it with a magazine in that kind of way, I think allowed women to possibly, and just people in general, not just women, men, non-binary, to identify that yeah. it's okay to celebrate yourself in whatever way feels authentic to you and that the time is now. You know, instead of waiting for the tomorrow or waiting for what you think you're going to look like or aspire to be, you have every right to do it now. You know, yeah. especially with what's happened in this past year, I think it should encourage us all to want to celebrate who we are right now and to stop wasting the time of what we could have, should have, would have done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, I knew in this time in lockdown, this is the whole podcast came about and, and speaking more openly about your mental health. So can you sort of tell me about the two? You, you've kind of touched on how you've started to vocalize things that you hadn't said before. Is that how the podcast emerged just by you opening up the conversation? Well, it started off as an Insta Live series on my platform. You know, it uh, 
the first day in lockdown, I was, I came over to the US for a job and then got stuck here pretty much. And my mom ended up getting COVID. So I had to stay with a friend. And this was like the beginning stages of it all. And during staying with my friend, I couldn't sit still because I'm just a creator. And I just created it as an it's live series purely out of passion of saying, as artists, we deal with the fear of the unknown every day. And we walk alongside that anxiousness professionally. And then we have to turn that into personally as well and still show up. So I was kind of curious about, you know, my friend's journey to ownership to self, their mental well-being journey. You know, what could we we give back to somebody who may be furloughed or, you know, lost their job for the first time or may just be anxious around the surroundings that the world has been given us. Mm -hmm. So I created Redefine You, a conversation for well-being. We did 40 episodes on the Insta Live series during the pandemic and during the thick of it Um, and then it was kind of let's find a bigger and better home and so I found it with stage 29 productions and CBS and you know that's where the podcast is now developed too but I have to say the podcast has necessarily helped me so much through my own mental well-being journey during this time to know that you're not alone to hear inspiring stories of other people's struggles and who still succeed Mm -hmm. and to showcase that it's okay to not be okay but that you can still live a beautiful, successful, inspiring life. It starts to make you question and look at your own self. And that's really the key, right? When you hear other people going through something and you aspire to also want to go down a similar path to them, it really shakes things up and reminds you that nothing is off the table, that you can achieve it. And then it's okay to have challenges along the way to getting there. Yeah. And if any of the conversations you've had like left you thinking, hmm, you know, you really resonated or something, has anything shifted for you following your podcast conversations? Anyone? I would say so many, so many, you know, Sarah Haynes episode, I will always say she, to me, I look at her as such a beautiful mentor to me now. And I think it's so funny because so many people have always asked, who are your role models? And I go, well, Sarah Haynes is now like, <laughs> you know, after hearing her episode, I'm like, she talks so beautifully and and just grounded in being able to say that she's dealt with, you know, postpartum depression and that she still had to show up for herself on the show and how she spoke about it and, you know, how she's now transitioned into going back into the view and the mental capacity that she had during this past year and it's just it's wonderful to hear somebody's story but to hear somebody's story fearlessly speak about the challenges that she had while still showing up for herself for her family and also professionally is just hats off to this woman yeah we've had Kevin McHale who's come on and he not only does he talk about his journey within his acting career but he also speaks about how this past year really induced a lot of different emotions for him and challenges along the way And, you know, comes to a conclusion of understanding that our mental health can surprise us at times, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that there may need to be somebody outside yourself to encourage you to understand, to look within and to recognize that maybe that is, you know, an acute form of depression. And this is what I did when I had that. And this is what helped me get through it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, to Ricky Lake, who Ricky, you know, I'm not sure if you listened to the podcast, but Ricky's story is just outstanding I mean what the woman has gone through and how fearlessly she has publicly spoken about every step along the way and done that shamelessly and selflessly for other people to understand that we go through it too and that it's okay Mm -hmm. is an amazing amazing beautiful thing and a reminder that even if I was ever fearful of talking about my mental well-being journey 
There are a lot of leaders before me. And I've got to say, it only does good besides it doing bad. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. And yeah, I agree. Ricky Lake's story is well worth a listen. I won't spoil it for people who are listening to this one. They can tune in to Ricky afterwards if they haven't heard it. And, and I mean, you, you've, I, I'm hearing the word grounded a lot. I know we've already discussed that, but you um, and I was talking about your sort of split between the UK and, and LA. Um, I mean, just a kind of uh, a, a very different places. Does uh, does either one get you more grounded? What's the differences in the two? And a, a kind of compare and contrast question. Well, I would say I actually brought this up into conversation yesterday when we were actually doing a podcast with somebody who was uh, from the UK. Because I think for me, I had to add into the pool of different things that have helped me along the way, right? Mm. Living in the UK and, you know, having it be something that became a second home and traveling there once a month for almost eight years, that to me was also a big part of my development and self. And I believe so because I think in the UK, you are kind of grounded in this understanding of that you can be celebrated for being unique. And from a very young age, the one of the biggest things I used to see, or one of the things I'll always remember to say the least is when I was out there when I was like 17, 18, I was the spokesperson for a company called Style 369, which was the curve range for Dorothy Perkins. And I used to go to set, you know, five, six o'clock in the morning. And I used to see all the little kids going to school. And one of the things that always stuck out to me is they had different hair colors, different, you know, styles, different bags, the way that they dressed, even though they were all different school uniforms, they were just expressing themselves. And I think there's a difference between maybe schooling here where everybody's trying to look like the, you know, the popular girl or trying to have the next it bag or trying to be this. And, and that really was a beautiful thing to see that at such a young age, you guys are encouraged to be unique, to celebrate yourself, to find what means something to you. And I've had so many beautiful, creative friends from the UK who shamelessly and fearlessly celebrate themselves without even knowing it just the way that they express themselves through fashion and through art and it's just a beautiful beautiful thing so I think there's a difference perhaps in the way diet culture I think is also received you know it's a little bit different in the sense of I think uh you know Los Angeles can sometimes take a hold of maybe what the industry presents itself to it's changed obviously a ton but yeah. I would say you know from from when I started out coming into the UK and such the reason why I stayed out there for so long is the availability for curve and I think the representation and understanding was so much more ahead than the US at the point in time but yeah. there are differences but there's also beauty in both you know I also I, I was born and raised in Los Angeles so the Angelinos the ones who have been you know, born and raised in LA are just good, humble, creative people and just the sweetest soul. So I'd say there's, there's blessings out of both of them. I have to say. That's a really interesting, uh, you know, that is something I I wouldn't have known that people would see. That's a really interesting thing that there's this kind of, you know, mishmash of people and creativity. And, you know, it's really interesting to hear that from you. But you, but you have to, you have to see that though. I mean, you guys, it's just, yeah. it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's wonderful. I mean, I guess for me, I'm just, I'm very observant as well. So I'm looking around, I'm like, oh, yeah, I yeah. I, you know, I think that the UK is wonderful. And I think the people there are absolutely just 
beautiful. Well, I'm, I'm sure they I'm sure they love having you in where you live in Kent. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know. Well, Garden of England, well, eh? We we well, we moved out to Kent. We were obviously living in London and I was living in hotels pretty much during the week, but Kent became the place where we resided just because um that's where my partner's from and yeah. I love the countryside, you know, being somebody from LA going out to the, the British countryside, you're like, whoa, which is amazing. It's just yeah. so beautiful, so quaint, and just really gives you a piece of, of calm, I think. I mean, you, you, LA and Hollywood and everything, it, it's a very, very different world, isn't it? From ordinary, from not just from the UK, but from lots of um, parts of America as well. I mean, I read somewhere about you bouncing on the trampoline and watching filming going on next door. Just, just give us some yeah. of the some of the stories about your childhood <laughs> that will be fascinating to a lot of people um, kind of know, crazy thing. yeah funnily enough you know secretly enough on the podcast we're about to uh <laughs> possibly bring so well, I can't even say just you'll have to wait and see but oh, what oh. I will say is the trampoline is uh funnily enough when we were younger they were shooting clueless next door so when we were like I don't know, five, six, I was jumping and they had in sync over there at one time doing an episode and me and my sister is jumping and watching them. But yeah, you know, I think the wonderful thing about this uh, growing up in LA is it allows you to understand that people are more than their profession. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're born and raised here, you're so familiar with seeing film sets and you're so familiar with seeing people that are in the industry and you sort of just go, I respect you for the art that you create rather than this, who you are, you know, or what people think you are. And so uh, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful town. It really, really is. And I think as an adult coming back and finding a bit more stability here, it's so amazing for me to be reminded of why I love this city and the people that are here and the energy. Cause it, as somebody who is in the industry and loves acting and loves creating and loves storytelling, there's a different sort of energy that circles around the city and everybody seems to be talking about something that's necessarily in the arts. And it's, uh, yeah. it's nice to feel that energy. Um, and you're you've got a massive passion for fashion haven't you I mean you and I mean again a great place to be so is that has that come about I mean you you talk about yourself as creative you're a writer as well aren't you and you're an actor uh, and the the fashion the love of fashion so how tell me a little bit about that how it's come about how you express yourself now with that well I would say that fashion has been, I always say that fashion is a way of expressing yourself without speaking. And when I was younger, as a curve girl, my way of understanding my body was redesigning clothing and being able to express myself through what I was wearing. And I always knew that if I had a good outfit on, then I was okay to conquer that day, no matter what I felt about my body, because I felt like I was cool, I felt good. And it allowed me to find that confidence. And so that's really trailed on with me. I mean, fashion really holds a huge place in my heart. And before I booked huge on ABC family, I was going to go to fashion school. So I I graduated high school super early because I was modeling and ended up getting my diploma very young. And then I uh, was going to go off to New York and go to fashion school because growing up, I was always redesigning. I was re-sewing things. I was really into fashion and fashion design. And then I booked the show huge. And so after huge, 
you know, got canceled, I went off to the UK. And through that period of time, I was able to then find fashion in my voice again. I created two collections with LV that were sold at Next, Navabi and Nordstrom's. And to this day, you know, I just think that fashion has always been a really good way for me to understand my figure and just to understand my way of expressing myself every single morning. I think a lot of people always say, what is your style? And it's like, my style goes with who I am that day. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'm just very, you know, I'm, I'm a chameleon and I, and I love it. I think I just like being able to, to really find a way to find a way to feel comfortable in my own skin. And I think fashion's really done that for me. And which is why I think I, I'm such a big voice on size inclusivity, because I hope that everybody else gets that chance as well to yeah. be able to feel good in their skin through clothing, I think is a really beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. And there are a lot of limitations, aren't there, for clothing? I mean, not so much now, but, you know, certainly when I was growing up, you know, if you weren't a size eight or 10, that was it. There was it's kind of really much harder to go and find clothes and, get something that fits and I mean it was the same way for me that's how it was when I was younger you know I had a really hard time finding clothing that fit me and that's why I used to always redesign it you know I was very blessed to be able to try and and go into high fashion brands and I would you know I would either cut it all up or I'd buy a jacket just to wear over my shoulders and it influenced me to want to make a brand that could be staple pieces that are tailored to perfection for all sizes thankfully when I came over to the UK, that's when, you know, high street started to really take a hold. And, you know, Marks and Spencer's obviously has now come out with their curve range. Every, I would say the UK has amazing high street brands now that really do have the availability like River Island and so forth and so forth that give those options to curvier ladies as well. But there's still a long way to go. I think there's still things that need to shift and it needs to become more of a norm so that you can go shopping with your best friend and not feel like you are in a separate part of the store. You yeah. want to feel included. You want to be able to have that experience together. Yeah, that's a really good point. Being in a separate part, I can see how that people would feel like that. I mean, you know, for I mean, and obviously there's challenges for bigger women to go shopping. There's challenges out and about in the streets. And for, and for every woman, I think, um, you know, as the summer's about to happen and, well, actually what we're talking about is the end of the summer. But if you're going away anywhere, if anyone gets away and goes on the beach and is thinking about their body, I mean, how would you, and I think that happens at all sizes, you know, you're not in the moment. You're thinking, oh, my stomach's hanging out or I've got... I'm wobbling. How would you, any particular tools or tips to someone who's in that mindset to get out of that mindset and celebrate who they are? Just live your life. Live your life. You have every right to live beyond your body, beyond your size, and know that you are beautiful. And a lot of what you're thinking is what you're thinking, not what others are thinking. Mm -hmm. So you need to get to a place of understanding, of living in a full state of acceptance. And that's why I always say living in a state of acceptance, because if you can wake up and you can say, today, I'm going to accept my body for what it is. And I'm going to allow myself to see, not to feel like I'm being seen to see and to actually be present and to live my life. And, you know, like I was saying before, you know, I just went to Majorca and I was in a bathing suit and I was at the pool and, you know, of course I've got a bigger bust. I'm a busty lady. (laughs) And, you know, people can sometimes stare and you can start to go like, okay, am I going to take this stare as something where it's going to make me insecure and make me want to cover up? Or am I going to take it and say, you know what? I have every right to be able to feel like I can be in a bikini and I can sunbathe and I can tan. I can go in the pool just as the next 
next person and enjoy my time without feeling like I'm being seen. When you start to just feel present in your body, it's so freeing and it doesn't come easy for everybody. But I think in the morning, if you can wake up with a mindset of understanding of living in a state of acceptance on that day and knowing that right now you are worthy enough to go and enjoy your life on that beach or worthy enough to go and enjoy your life in that swimming pool or inside swimming pool if you're in the UK or whatever it may be, you have every right to be able to look at your body and say, I am beautiful. I'm worthy to enjoy myself and enjoy this day. And I'm going to accept my body for what it is and not let it hinder me to not think that I'm worthy to go and live my best life. Brilliant. And I think what you said about when you go to hotel rooms and things and you bring your trinkets and you make things nice. And I kind of think in the same way, you look beautiful. I mean, you and you look, you wear lovely clothes, you look amazing. So I guess it's the same thing. I mean, if you have a love of fashion, it's using what everything you have and making it absolute is the best you can, you know, in the sense that make to make you feel good. Would you would you agree with that? What do you mean? Like to you? I mean, to like using- to sort of Okay, so you, you it, it, to, to lift your mood, not to put on a drab, big cover-up thing to celebrate, wear nice clothes, wear nice swimming costumes. You know, if you've got a big bus, show it off if you want to. And that's what I mean. It's like you adorn yourself. I think that it is about coming to a place of acceptance. And that's what I keep saying. Yeah. Having the right swim costume, sometimes you're going to have it, sometimes you're not. But if you live in that state of acceptance, then having the, the wrong swimsuit can also allow you to say, you know what? I'm still going to enjoy my time because nobody said that I couldn't, but having trinkets and things when you are, you know, going somewhere or going to a job or starting something new, I think it's very valuable for you to find things that speak to you, mm-hmm. find yeah. things that serve you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I think that's brilliant. And um, you've got lots more going on. You've got the podcast. What else is lined up for you in the next, in the coming months? Have you got any, anything exciting happening that you'd like to tell us about there's always very exciting things happening right now (laughs) I'm just spending a lot of my time and focus on the podcast and spending a lot of my time and focus on you know being able to bring awareness to mental health and I think the importance and being able to encourage people to find what works for them and how they can get up in the morning and find their daily practice because it's it's very very special absolutely well I think you've shared some real great insights there um, I love what you've said about being grounded, about acceptance, about seeing, not being seen. All of those things are nuggets for people to take away with them. And if they want to hear you talk more, they can go to the podcast and you're on Instagram and we'll share all of those. But I'd just like to say thank you so much. I've really enjoyed talking to you and um, you. I hope you get to enjoy the rest of the day. It's coming up for evening here. So, um, yeah, maybe some more walking and outside in nature for you. and <laughs> not Yes. So Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. We'll see. We'll try and get that in there. Thank you. Thank you.